Hello, I'm Jim Ford. And I'm Dan Kurtzke. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 9. This is our discussion of continuity. Yeah, we're going to we're going to do a uh, shorter episode for you this time around since last time took like an hour and 10 minutes or something of your lives. You'll never get back. We have the best of intentions going in, but you know, things happen. We're only human. People make mistakes, people die. What? I'm just trying to cover all our bases. You don't know what can happen by the end of this. Well, yes, people die, and then apparently that gets forgotten by the next writer, and that person comes back to life with no repercussions. That was my segue. Nice, nice little segue, yeah. Nice, uh, yeah. <laughs> Hold on while I get my mallet and like just kind of like sledge that in there. Wow. No, you know what? No, it's all right because that was that was a uh, that was just as awkward as as the actual vehicle segues appear to be. So you know, <laughs> they have a new one out that has two seats. What? It's a so, two-wheeled, two-seated segway type item. So wait, how big is this? Like, I have wait, no is, idea. Is it like behind each other, or are they side by side? I don't know. It's two seats. When I lived in New York, I saw this guy in a business suit. He was riding a Segway around. He had his briefcase at his feet between his legs and the handlebar. And he got off it to take it up to his apartment. The the doorway was exactly as wide as the Segway. It was the funniest damn thing to see him, like, just wedge this stupid-looking thing into... And he had to carry it up, like, a flight of stairs. It must have been so heavy. And some of you are wondering, what does that have to do with continuity? And I'll tell you. Some other time. But right now, we're talking about continuity. <laughs> this is a, this has been nothing but a horrible stream of bad segues. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Speaking of horrible... Lantern cast. <laughs> oh, we, we can't cut any of this. So this this one's your baby. Why did you want to talk about continuity? Probably because when we were discussing it, something came up as far as with the Brave and the Bold comic, how I made a comment on how it is completely out of continuity and it's just a pointless story. And you took some issue with that because your belief was, I believe, something along the lines of as long as it's a great story, then it doesn't matter the continuity. Kind of. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want it anything to be throwaway, but I don't think. I get. I guess my opinion boils down to the to the idea that the book in front of you right now, the most important thing is that it needs to be able to stand up on its own. Whereas if you give me, like, okay, like, just to hit an example early, um. At the last episode, we talked about the uh, Ring Quest storyline that went through Green Lantern Corps with the, you know all the lanterns and Mongol and the Black Mercy planet and all that. Right. I didn't like that story at all. But if your theory about the Indigo Lanterns turns out to be even partly true, that's probably going to be a pretty important story as far as continuity goes. Right. But that doesn't mean that it's a good story. <laughs> that just means, in terms of a series of events, it has some meaning. If a story is good, then it's good, regardless of continuity. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's bad, 
and it ties well into continuity, at least it has that benefit, if nothing else. Yeah, like like if it's if it's a bad issue or a bad story arc, but along the way it becomes like the foundation for something else they do that turns out to be good, then all right, I guess it was worth it. But that doesn't mean I'm going to go back and reread that thing because I didn't like it as an individual issue or story arc. Because, I, I mean, are you the kind of reader who wants everything to tie into everything else? or No, no, and I, I definitely don't need that. When Hal Jordan was in the very first issue of the newest Brave and the Bold series, he was there with Batman, and it was fun to read. It was Hal Jordan, and he was going around doing things in space. And it was just fun to read, even though it had basically nothing to do with anything else that Hal Jordan was involved with. But then later on, you have Hal Jordan teaming up with the Phantom Stranger. And that story, I mean, aside from the fact that it just it wasn't really that good, it was just like this, this weird mishmash that somebody wanted to tell some sort of weird alien story, some sort of alien mystic story, they were able to use Green Lantern and Phantom Stranger, so they just plugged them into the story. Yeah, and part of me really wanted to get the trade on this. I mean, I've, I've ultimately decided to pass on it, unless I can find it for, like, super cheap or something. Yeah. Just because, like, like continuity aside, the way you described it now and then made it sound like, okay, this just wasn't well-written. I remember there was a time, particularly in the 90s, when, like, if you wanted me and people like me to buy a book, you would put, like, some new alien Green Lantern in it, you know? I'm, I guess part of me is still, like, still like re- just reveling in the shock of, oh, my God, we actually have a Green Lantern core, and writers are actually using them. This is amazing. So I, was kinda, I, was, I thought it was kind of cool. Like, okay, we're going to get a, a story with Hal in space with the Phantom Stranger, and he, they're going to be interacting with this, like, alien Green Lantern that we've never seen before, and let's see what his world's like. But, you know. Yeah. Like, that's, that's what I was looking for myself. The Phantom Stranger is an interesting character. I love Green Lantern. He's going out into space. It's going to have some sort of mystic angle. And it was really the story of, like, an alien that could take over your mind. And they just plugged in a couple of superheroes that just happened to be around. That sucks. Yeah. Just thinking about it now, I don't think I actually know much of anything about the Phantom Stranger even. Like, is he dead? Or is he, like... Like, he's... I think he's, he's like, some high-level DC magic guy or something. I don't even know what he does. Yeah, I don't think he's <clears throat> really dead. He's kind of mystical and magical. Hmm. No one knows. DC's never decided. <laughs> well, I think, uh, I think in the Kingdom miniseries... It was revealed to be Superman and Wonder Woman's child from the future. Really? I think so. I think that's one possible Phantom Stranger. That sounds like a Mark Quaid thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was awesome. You have this Phantom Stranger who's always existed, and to to tell that he actually is the son of Superman and Wonder Woman in some sort of weird reality, that would be cool. I should reread The Kingdom. There was a while where I liked The Kingdom better than Kingdom Come. But yeah, uh, back to what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> back to continuity. <laughs> um, you know, I think in general, 
Jeff Johns' run on Green Lantern has been a good example of how to do continuity right in that, I mean, all right, ever since Rebirth, Jeff has set this series firmly in the modern DC universe while not requiring you to really read anything else to get it. I mean, if Green Lantern was the only DC book you read total, you could follow it and always get the entire story. Yes. And it does that without ignoring, like, especially earlier on when they had, like, they were dealing directly with the fallout from, like, Infinite Crisis and the uh, the changing borders during and after 50, one year later and all that. And, like, even when they did their big event, like, with Sinestro War, you had Green Lantern, you had Green Lantern Corps, and maybe you agree or disagree with this, but I don't think you really needed to read one to read the other during that story. Um, this is something that I can't really comment on because, and I, I've, I've stated this online about how, you know, when Blackest Night comes, I'm going to be reading everything because I love Green Lantern so much, there's no way that I would want to miss anything. So it would be very difficult for me to evaluate one alone. I remember, like, like during the war... I'm, it's like I'm having flashbacks. I remember during the war, your grandpappy was there, and your grandpappy was there. Your grandpappy shot me. Um, but during that story, I remember, like, like I think it was it was after the halfway point, and I was looking back on, my, on all my issues and thinking, I'm like, you know what? If I wasn't reading this, I could still read this. Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps were telling basically two different stories about two different sets of characters in two different places just set in the backdrop of the same war. That's why I was kind of disappointed to see how they collected it with like kind of alternating chapters in the same trades instead of a Green Lantern trade and Green Lantern Corps trade for the Sinestro War. Because I think it's kind of... I don't know. Because you feel that they would be able to stand alone. I do, I do for... I absolutely do for the Green Lantern issues. For Green Lantern Corps, though, I feel like they would have to have to also include, you know, the Sinestro Corps special number one to start it, and maybe Green Lantern 25 to end it, or at least the epilogue issue to end it. Because, like, like, Green Lantern Corps gives you a lot of middle. It just doesn't kick it off by itself in its own series or end it in its own series. So in that case, then, if it doesn't kick off and end in that series then as far as a standalone issue, it's basically like you're just walking in in the middle of a battle. Which, I mean, it's not like that's unprecedented. Like, that has happened in, you know, tons of comics where all of a sudden the issue just opens up and they're fighting people, and maybe later on you'll find out why. Yeah, and that's, and that's how... That can kind of be play towards the chaos of war, too. How it... I mean, even when we did see the... the origins of this war the vo- the first volley of fighting literally came out of nowhere you know there's some lanterns leaving all and all of a sudden they're getting shot full of holes and thus the war begins so it's like it's almost like if you just open up a, the first sinestro core issue of green lantern core it's like you're coming in a page after that happens you know a page after that inciting incident right which I don't know. I don't know if it helps or hurts it in the long run as a standalone. I don't know. 
I'm trying. To th- I'm trying to think how this how that relates to my view of of uh, continuity, but I don't know. Well, my thought on it is they were telling the story of this giant war, and they were doing it with only two books a month and one special. Yeah. So, I mean, really, even if they didn't even try to make them standalones, still only two books. For what three months was it? Something like that. You know, even if it was four months, then you know you just have these eight books plus the the ninth, the the first book, the the special. It's really not a lot to invest to get like a really great storyline of this huge like epic war. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, two comic books a month, you could take this ride. You know, with this wonderful ride, you know, through the Sinestro Corps War. Hmm. You know, like, well, with uh, with Blackest Night, and we're veering off the top of continuity, but with Blackest <laughs> Night, we've seen the schedule up until November, I believe. And yeah. each month... Through... What? Oh, no, I was going to say up through the end of it, but that was a fake list. Yeah, yeah, no, that was the April Fool's list. Goddamn but the, the beginning of the list was, was accurate, and... Each month, there's going to be six issues. You're going to have Blackest Night, Green Lantern Corps, and then you're going to have the Blackest Night specials of Superman, was it Batman? And, Titans, I think. And Titans? Yeah. yeah. Superman, Batman, and Titans. Now, I really doubt that the Superman, Batman, and Titans books are going to be essential to reading. So you have like three books that are going to really be the <laughs> backbone each month for like the biggest crossover. Then you have an additional three if you want to go for that backstory. So again, to me, I look at that as it's six issues a month of Green Lantern, which I love. So whether or not they're standalone or not, that's something that I'm willing to invest in. <clears throat> now, going with that point a little bit, you had said on our forum once this once these uh times started to be announced that you would greatly prefer it if they were just issues out of the regular ongoing series as opposed to being, you know, Blackest Night Superman being its own mini series. Yes. Is that out of some feel that like it won't fall into continuity? Or is it like, is it just you don't want to have to spend extra money on some on like, because I don't remember what you read. <laughs> like, are you reading like, say, all the Superman books already? And you don't want to have to buy another one. Yeah, no, no, it's not like that. Um, I don't read a lot of books right now. I read, you know, sp- you know, spotty ones here and there. And I don't have a problem with that. What my thing was, my my whole point was. If something happens in a Superman miniseries, you know, entitled Blackest Night Superman, then there is a much better chance that that's going to get forgotten and swept under the rug once Blackest Night is all over, as opposed to it happening in the Superman book or, you know, Action Comics, one of them. I could, I can, I could see that. I don't know, though, because they seem to... Like, right now they're managing three ongoing Superman books... Well, ongoing in quotes, because the world of New Krypton, I think, is only 12, 12 issues. issues. Yeah. But, uh, like, I'm not reading any of it, but I've been talking to people who are, and 
the way it's the way it seems like they're handling it is like it's completely different series, but it's still telling an overall story that's going to be woven together as they go. So, I mean, I could see it as being easy for them to just like fill this in. Or what am I trying to say? I'm very inarticulate tonight. <laughs> yeah. No, I I see what you're saying. If it's part of the Superman, uh, what is it? The triangle numbers. Yeah. So they they have those the Superman and S shield on each cover that says its place in the whole overall storyline. And those are all, you know, tying in together, like you said, into a main story. Now, I can't really see that the Superman Blackest Night book is going to have those those triangle numbers to tie into the main series. Well, it reminds me a lot of the, of the age-old problem comic fans would always have with how, you know, well, in... In this month's issue of Justice League, Batman was on Jupiter fighting space moles. And but in this same month, in in Detective Comics, he's been, you know, captured in the sewer for the last three issues. How can this possibly? How does this match up? How does this line up? And sometimes it just doesn't. And sometimes the answer is that these aren't supposed to be events happening at the exact same time. And sometime after these stories are over, the characters will reference it in such a way that you'll get a feel for, okay, this happened and then this happened. Yeah, yeah, like, I I know what you're saying, and I can totally buy that. Like, having, like, 17 Wolverine titles come out each month, you know, you don't bat an eye because they're all different adventures taking place at all different times, and none of it matters anyway. When you're introducing the concept of Black Lanterns where dead people that you were very close to are coming back to life then how you deal with that and how you deal with it in the future you know whether or not somebody comes back to life from you know the whole situation I don't know if that's going to happen or not but you know if that's an option or anything like that then that's going to have ramifications that need to be dealt with. As opposed to, you know, not that I need, like, okay, iron-clad continuity where, oh, well, he was wearing this shirt on this day, and he was doing this in this book, and then when the Blackest Night series was over, he was he changed his shirt, and, you know, he had a gravy stain, you know, stuff like that. Like, the minor stuff doesn't matter, but the the overall principles, those kind of, those are the things that I would like to see dealt with, and when something like that happens in an exterior miniseries, then I don't think that it's as likely to be held in continuity in any way. Well, you can blame Marvel. Because this is exactly how they handled their Secret Invasion miniseries uh, tie-ins, by giving them their own miniseries. Like, like there was no Secret Invasion crossover issue for Thor, but there was like a three-issue Secret Invasion Thor miniseries that ran parallel to the Thor ongoing title, that right. kind of thing. And I don't know, like I don't read any Marvel monthly right now. So I don't know how they've dealt with that after the fact. If, you know, I'm just going to use the same example. If the new issues of Thor reflect the fact that, okay, the Asgardians just fought a giant Skrull army in Oklahoma, or is it just 
kind of going with what it was doing before that and during that. Well, well, uh, I don't know if this is spoilers, but the Baxter building ends up getting sucked into the negative zone in the beginning of Secret Invasion. And by the end of the Secret Invasion Fantastic Four miniseries, the building is back and it's like rebuilding itself. So mm. as soon as like that series is done and they go back into Fantastic Four, it's like, you know, nothing has happened, nothing's changed. Well, they make like a slight reference to the fact that, you know, Reed Richards feels like he's been taken advantage of by the scrolls. But aside from that, everything that happened in that miniseries is gone. Like that's that's what I'm saying. Like and, and that was that at least that was enjoyable to read. Some interesting things happened in that series, and it really would have been nice to see it reflected in the main series. Well, if Countdown has taught us anything, <laughs> it's that DC will only ignore it if it doesn't do well. <laughs> the way that everybody's been so amped for Blackest Night and they've been pushing Blackest Night, I, d- I just don't see it as something that's going to go away after the fact, you know? I mean, especially since, I mean, when I first saw the list of tie-ins being announced, like, I don't know what I was expecting, but seeing Blackest Night Superman, Blackest Night Batman, Blackest Night Titans, first I was like, what the hell? Why would they choose that? And then I started thinking about it. Like, who are the others on the list? Wonder Woman and JSA and Flash? Yeah. All six of those groups and individuals have... You know, if you're going to pick some heroes to bring back their dead friends, relatives, and enemies to totally just screw with them, these are the people to pick. Like, the Titans alone? Jesus. Yes, but, like, then... (laughs) Like, I wonder, is there going to be a tie-in issue with, say, the Secret Six, or Booster Gold, or, you know, any other series that had a Origins and Omens backup? Because if they're not going to get their own miniseries, are they going to get a tie-in issue? These maids are the only things they've announced so far, right? Yeah. Yeah, Because this just happened. The way that it's looking like, there's going to be eight issues of Black as Night, and the first month, it's going to be the the three tie-in issues are going to be tales of the the spectrum cores or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's that I'm looking forward to. So you have those for the first month. Then the next three months are Superman, Batman, and Titans. That's four months right there. The next three months are Wonder Woman, Flash, and JSA. So that's seven months. So in the eighth month, we're probably going to get um, like a three-issue series dealing with something else, or I'm not really sure. But I have a feeling that in that last month, they're probably going to put out or announce some other three-issue series or three individual one-shots. Do any of these interest you? Do any of the... The tie-in miniseries. I can see myself getting Flash, because I'm starting to, like, get into the groove of Flash again. Like, I haven't gotten my my uh, copy of Re- Flash Rebirth number one yet. Oh. But I'm just start. I'm just... I'm really... Don't you say a thing. Because <laughs> I think I've said this on the show before. Like, Flash is one of those books that, you know, as a DC fan... Or not even as a DC fan, as a comic fan, I feel like I should be reading it. I can never find like a creative team that really just works for me. Like either I love the writer but don't like the artist, or I love the artist but don't like the writer. 
Yeah. So like, I, this is I'm I'm looking at this as like a a time to like give it a sh- give it another shot. You know. Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree. I'm you. I, I give Flash a shot every once in a while too, and I remember back when Mark <clears> Wade was <throat> writing it. And I was really enjoying it back then, and for some reason I just stopped buying. And then I picked up again when, um, when was it Impulse? I don't know his name. I forget his name now. Bart. Be- yeah, when Bart Allen became the the Flash. <laughs> yeah, I tried it again then too. <laughs> oh man, that was horrendous. I'm like, uh, I like Bart. I like Bart. This seems like a good jumping on point. Oh, I mean, like even the even the Jeff Johns run, like I like Jeff Johns obviously, but like the artists, like I'm starting to come around on them. But I didn't like the artist he was paired with. Like, who was it? Like How Porter or something? I didn't like Porter's work on uh, Morrison's JLA. And then I'm like, all right, let me try Flash instead. And it's the same damn guy drawing it. <laughs> I'm like, oh damn it. But uh, yeah, I'm getting the the rebirth also. So. I'm giving that a shot. Yeah, as far rebirth. As, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's it's uh Oh my god, I can't believe I forgot his name. Barry Allen? No. J- Jeff Johns? Ethan e- e- Van Skyver? Ethan Van Skyver. That's it. You fail. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, at least I remember his first name. Yeah. And you know you know what Flash Rebirth is is gonna be great at? No. Iron ironing out Flash continuity. Right. Oh, look at that segue. Look at that segue. Oh, oh, oh I see. <laughs> well, no, actually, because it's already. Oh, <laughs> I can't discuss shut that up, with you. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Uh, the one thing uh, that I was wondering was how many issues is Flash Rebirth? Five, I want to say. Okay. Five or six. So that's yeah. We'll we'll say five. Now if the first issue came out. Then we have four months to go. So that means by the end of Flash Rebirth, like Flash Rebirth will be over before Flash Blackest Night starts. Huh. Do you think that? Because I mean, I'm assuming an ongoing series is going to come out of this. So it's like, do you think they'll wait until after Blackest Night to start the ongoing Flash book? I don't know. I don't know if that's even a good idea for them. You might want to just spin that Flash series <clears throat> right out of Rebirth. I th- it'll also. I think it'll also depend. Like, there's so many variables right now. Like, because I mean, the the one thing I've been hoping for is that Jeff Johns will stay on and do the writing chores on the Flash ongoing since he's doing Rebirth, right? Right. So, like, we still don't have creators for the Flash. Blackest Night. So, I mean, it's possible that maybe Johns could be doing it. But I I don't know if, like, that would... Because to, to have two miniseries lead into an ongoing series, like, and have them go one after the other? Yeah, now... Now, I would imagine what it's probably <laughs> going to end up being is that Johns is going to oversee these miniseries, hopefully, but they're going to get other people to write them. They announced some of the uh, the names... Oh, did they? Yeah. Um, I don't remember where, but um, they were they were good names. Like Frank <laughs> and Frank and Susan. And... Uh, there was definitely a John in there. 
I think uh, Greg Rucka oh, is going to be good. writing something. Yeah, I mean, they were all... Uh, was it uh, Robinson? James Robinson? Oh. I think he's writing oh. one. Maybe he's writing Superman. Oh, all right. So, we, we're, so, so far we're hitting the ground running with some good talent. So I have hope. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm looking forward in the regard that it's more Green Lantern for me to read in that month. Like that whole time period from when Blackest Night starts to when it ends, I'm going to be like totally happy because every week I'm going to go to the comic book store and get another issue of Green Lantern, hopefully. My tentative plans with this whole thing, like right now, based on what little we know, like all right, I'm obviously I'm going to keep getting Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps, right? And I'm going to be getting the Blackest Night miniseries, right. and I'm going to be getting that three-issue Tales of the Core thing and, like, injecting it into my veins. And I'm going to be, like, I'm going to be... I mean, again, it's hard to say because we know so little, but just going off the little that we do know, I'm thinking about getting the Blackest Night Flash monthly, but I could see myself waiting for a trade on the rest of them. I mean, like, the more I think about it, the more the Titans one sounds interesting because of just all of the characters they could bring back. And I'm like, I've said, I've said, I think I've said before, I'm really kind of looking for a good wonder woman story that not, not, I don't want to say legitimizes the character, but just gives us a really good, like, okay, this is why wonder woman is a kick-ass character kind of story. And a, a green lantern tie in miniseries is like, it's an easy, it's an easier sell. Yeah. <laughs> I, I that that's one that I'm I'm definitely not excited about, but I'll I'll still read it. I think the JSA is probably going to be one of the better ones because Johns has been writing JSA. I was thinking about that one, but I'm like, I you know I made a decision a long time ago that I was just going to get JSA and trade. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to. I've held my ground this long. I have to keep going, <laughs> although it is only three issues. No, stop it. <laughs> I'll be I'll be interested to see because didn't Ivan Reese Reese yes. yes. say that he might be doing some of the uh, supplemental material too, as well as the core mini. Um, I don't know. I think I remember reading that somewhere. I'm interested to see like what he would be drawing. I mean, it's it's the kind of thing for me where I'm definitely going to read all of these eventually, but it's going to come down to all right, what are they actually going to be about? And what's who is the creative team on them, which will decide. All right, what am I getting monthly? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm getting them all monthly. Well, good, because I mean, you have an obligation because you have a show. Yeah. Notice how I separate myself from that. Yes, yes, yes. No, I, I don't. <laughs> Definitely. Nah, maybe we should. All right, maybe what we should do is break it up. Like, I'll get these tie-ins and you get those tie-ins or something, so we can talk about everything. Well, I mean, I'm going to get all the tie-ins anyway, just because, you know, I'm a completist. Alrighty. Yeah, and as a quick reference, I ended up getting all of the Origins and Omens tie-ins, and overall, that was kind of a bust. Oh. Now, in terms of, was it nearly as Lantern-related as you wanted, or they just weren't good? Definitely a bit of both. Like, obviously, the ones in Green Lantern and Green Lantern Core were very good. The Secret Six one was, was interesting. Like, Is it going to get you to read more Secret Six, you think? I think that I might actually pick that up in trades. 
Uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to follow it monthly, though, but that's definitely a candidate for trades. They uh, they snagged you. They got gotcha. you. Origin Omens did its job. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> and all the other ones, not so much. Yeah, the other ones are like, well, I guess I'll keep reading Green Lantern. I don't know. Yeah. Or we could just switch to Flash. We'd we, we, we seem to like talking about Flash. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, episode 10 of the Flash cast. Yeah. <laughs> yes, episode 10 is going to be reviewing uh, Flash Rebirth. Yeah, is there a Flash cast? Somebody, somebody start one. Darth Knight and Corwin, go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hysterical. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be awesome if they do it? <laughs> That would be. It totally would be. And we could have crossovers with them. Nice. We can call it something dumb. I don't know. But then what they should do is, like, the Flash cast should have a crossover with a Superman cast. And race it? Yes. How would they do that? I don't know, but it would just be awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, continuity is awesome. <laughs> yes, I think we so- talked about continuity for, like, a grand total of, like, Five minutes of this like hour-long podcast. Has it been an hour? Slightly less. Oh, good. Well, see, it is a short episode. Yeah. You know, as long as we're completely off topic. <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> That's a. I demand you call this the segue episode when you put this thing up. Maybe. I got. You know, I had. You know, when Justice League of America started up again, I picked it up for a while because I'm like, oh, all right, this could be cool. Turned out to not be. And, <laughs> and I got um issue 31, which I don't know if it's this month. Oh, it says May 09, so it's from the future. And I'm reading through it because this, this is the one where on the cover there's Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman walking away into the sunset, like leaving the issue. team or whatever. Yeah, because, like, this is the one where, you know, Dwayne McDuffie says, you know, yeah, my my run has been bogged down with tie-ins and crossovers, and I haven't been able to tell my own stories and whatever. This is the issue that ends it. After this, I'm going to be free to do what I do. So I'm like, all right, if I want to re- try this book out again, this would be the best spot. Or, I guess, the issue after this, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I got So I got this thing, and I'm reading through it, and... As I'm going, I'm like, this looks oddly familiar. And I didn't look at the credits or anything. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, this is Shane Davis. Yeah. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, how did I not recognize this was Shane Davis? And I'm looking at it again. I'm like, I he's probably it's because he's got a different inker. That's got to be it. It's a different inker doing his stuff. So I look to see who's doing the inks. Sandra Hope. This is the exact like this yeah. is the exact same artist inker team from Rage of the Red Lantern. So I'm like, all right, that's not it. And it just I finally nailed it down to the colorist. It's a different colorist on this than the on the Rage special, which well, it's not bad, but it definitely it. I mean, the entire reason I brought this up was because it's easy to overlook the job colorists do. Like I looked through Rage of the Red Lanterns. And I look through this issue kind of side by side, and even though it's the same pencil or the same anchor, having two different colors on it on their artwork makes it look totally different. You think that's what it is? I think that's what it is. I mean, what do you think it is? <laughs> well, 
you know, I, I, I looked at that, and I'm not really sure whether it was the art itself that made me say, oh, who's drawing this? Or whether I just happened to notice that it was Shane Davis's name on it. But I don't know. It, it was almost like, I don't know. It looked good. I mean, it wasn't like, I don't think it was bad by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I wasn't looking at him like, who the hell drew this or anything? But. But what I was wondering was if maybe Shane Davis is working with developing a more, um, what's the term, a more defined look or something like that. Like try and get a more, like when you see Shane Davis, you automatically know that that's Shane Davis kind of thing. And maybe yeah. like he's still experimenting with that and that's why it looks different. He's trying to grow his style. Right. I don't know if I that's see, it. I can see that. I think I, I am going to chalk it a lot up to the colors, though. Because I'm just looking at, like, the second and third page by themselves here. And it's, there's such a, I don't know how to describe it, almost like a, almost like a blotchy watercolor kind of look to, to the backgrounds and to the creatures. And there's, like, this, this, uh, faded lighting effect on Halzora that it's, it's, not what it's not the approach taken in in the rage special at all so i'm like i mean this i mean there's no question in my mind that the coloring plays a huge part in this as long as we're on the topic of this issue of justice league of america and now yeah. we're, we're gonna totally blow away the fact that this was supposed to be a short episode i have no problem lying to our listeners <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are in the same room <laughs> what do you think of this as a story because it's got green lantern in it that was one of the reasons that i wanted to pick this up because you know you have green lantern prom you know prominently in the story it's got two green lanterns <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i what, actually what you, like okay spoilers for justice league of america what is it issue 30 31 31 i was like all right i didn't read anything about this other than well, i didn't read anything about this so and I just read it last night because I couldn't fall asleep, and I was really surprised because the one thing fans have been saying about this book for the last thirty issues is that they put this kick-ass team together and they haven't done anything with them, or and that it's just been tie-in after tie-in, it's been crossover after crossover, and nothing like this should be DC's flagship book, and. They're just letting that go to waste. Right. And that's literally what this issue is about. It's the team, like, kind of falling apart because they acknowledge the fact that they haven't accomplished anything over the last 30 issues. And I thought that was really... Like, I liked that. I'm like, I didn't expect them... It, was, it wasn't third wall breaking, but it was acknowledging in story the same experience that the readers had been having along the way. And you can almost look at the members kind of drifting away from the team as kind of like people who have been following the book starting to drop it, you know? Another thing that I was noticing was that between Hal and Ollie both, the the fact that the team hasn't really done anything, they kind of uh, they kind of attribute that to Black Canary being an ineffectual leader. And, like, I just remember way back at the beginning when the series was just starting up and they made her the leader of the team and it, it didn't make any sense to me 
Like, why would you make Black Canary the leader of your team? Why did they do that? I, I have no idea. I, it's it's almost like they made her the leader because they wanted to say, hey, look, it's Black Canary. She is really important. You know, you should really like her because she's the leader of the Justice League. Well, did she lead the JSA at one point? I don't know. I thought that was Power Girl that was more of well, a she is... type. Oh, yeah. Well, Power Girl's leading it now. I don't re- Maybe she didn't. But e- even if she did, you're talking about Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Green Lantern, Flash, you know, whoever else they have on the team. Sometimes it's the Atom, Firestorm. I, you know what I mean? Like... Really, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Flash, they would all be better, you know, better leaders than Black Canary. I, I don't necessarily know that's true. I mean, just look at look at Flash in this issue alone, where he's got so much to do. Yeah, he can manage it because of his speed, but, I mean, how do you coordinate a group like that? You know, you're, when you're, like, I th- Flash is more inclined to, like, go out and try and do it now than to take the time to like slowly organize a group effort and like just spearhead and like be in charge of a whole bunch of people okay well i mean like even if we say that okay so the flash he can't do it because of his personality type and he like you say wants to do things now and doesn't want to get other people involved because he wants to do it super fast and even if you say, okay, Superman can't lead the team because constantly saving everything everywhere and he doesn't have the time to lead everybody. But what about Batman? I mean, like, the guy's got a backup plan for absolutely everything that exists under the sun. So, like, what's to stop him from having, like, five backup plans to lead the team no matter what situation arises? Uh, would he even want to, do you think? Because would that take too much attention away from Gotham? You know, really, like, the, the amount of surveillance that he has through his computer, I really don't think it would take that much extra for him to run the team as well as do everything else that he has to do. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of like Batman in this, uh, the capacity he was in in uh, JLU, where he was there when they needed him, and he was like kind of, like, behind-the-scenes kind of guy. But I, there's just something about Batman leading a team that has a moon base that doesn't sit well with me. <laughs> well, they don't have the moon base anymore. Well, well, they have a satellite. I thought that was destroyed in Final Crisis. No, nah, it's got it got better. It rebuilt itself. Oh, of it's course. the ba- it's the Baxter Building. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Well, then why not someone like Ryan <laughs> Choi, the Atom? He's still a rookie, isn't he? He's a genius, though. Oh, that doesn't mean he. I mean, geniuses can be stupid, you know. I tell you who would be the best leader. Guy Gardner. No. John Stewart. <laughs> Has he ever been like a really like take charge kind of guy though? After he got over his whole like angry young man kind of th- phase. I would. I think so. I can't really give specific examples right now, but yeah, I, I think so. I, he's got like the architectural mind. He has like a planner's mind and an engineer to get things done. And plus, he's been in, what is it, the Marines? Yeah. So he knows how to lead, and he knows how to give orders. 
Not to mention he's in, you know, the police force of the Green Lanterns. <laughs> we uh, we started this episode about continuity, and now we're talking about who should lead the Justice League of America. <laughs> There's no continuity with our episode. Uh, even Black Lightning would be a better choice than Black Canary. Well, he's leading the Outsiders now, I think. Oh, uh, of course. Because that's, that's a worthy know. use of his, uh, his abilities. Hey... That's a book that's basically starring Alfred now. Don't knock it. <laughs> oh, God. That's actually... I want to get the first trade of the new... The uh, post-dead Batman Outsiders. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. I think it's still <laughs> the same numbering. <laughs> but the one where it's like... They have like that owl guy that's not a attempt to market towards Watchmen fans at all. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, speaking of that, I saw The Watchmen. Oh, good. <laughs> How was the continuity in it? <laughs> <laughs> it's very good continuity. Now, you haven't read the book, right? Yes, I was actually waiting to see the movie. Do you know, like, did you go in knowing how it was going to end? I had heard something about a giant squid, but aside from that, not really. So what did you think of the movie? I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Within an hour after seeing the movie, I went out and bought the graphic novel. Yeah, take your time with that one. I still have to go back. I still have to finish it. <laughs> oh my god. Did you see the movie? Yeah. And? Oh, do I think of the movie? Yes. No, I thought, I liked it. I think, I thought it kind of fell apart at the end. Really? Yeah, because, okay, spoilers for the Watchmen movie. <laughs> and... <laughs> How are we spoiling the Watchmen movie in a continuity episode about Green Lantern? Um, very easily. <laughs> oh, God. Like, like when Adrian's whole, like, I did it 35 minutes ago, that should have been, like, the biggest holy crap moment of the entire story. I felt like they just kind of blew past it a little bit. That and, uh, at the end, like... Spoilers for the Watchmen comic. Oh my god. <laughs> Towards the end, like, when they have that whole, like, they yell at Adrian before leaving, they hit him with, like, the hard fact of, yeah, you, uh, you stopped war, but what what are you gonna do now? You didn't change human nature, you didn't get rid of war, you just put a band-aid on it, so what are you gonna do now? And it's a big, like, well, he won, but he also lost kind of feeling that I don't think was in the movie at all. Now I don't remember. Oh, yeah, all right. Anyway, okay, getting back to, I don't even know what topic we should get back to. <laughs> Did you ever read old school Spider-Man? No. <laughs> oh, man. No, actually, actually, this relates. Because um, I was thinking about continuity. <laughs> Shut up, I can tie this back. I was thinking about continuity in general, like yesterday. That's how I that's how, that's how I prep for episodes. I think about it for five minutes the day before. That's five minutes and more than me. If you go back and you read like early uh, Stan Lee, Steve Ditko, Spider Man, every issue is basically a one shot, and it follows the same formula of like here's Peter Parker, here's his home life, here's his problems at school, here's him not getting a date, here's him not having money, and then here comes a brand new villain he has to meet and fight, and it's resolved the same issue, and then. It, the end, and it starts up again next issue. 
you would think like okay it's there's no continuity there except they keep the his problems going and they don't really progress them that much but they have different stuff happening with them each issue so it's like there is continuity but there isn't like they put in enough continuity that it won't scare off people who think they'll have to start with number 1 or something they'll play around with the dynamics of the supporting characters and they'll have like the villain of the week show up it's it's like it's like if you go back and watch an old episode of Power Rangers where it's it's ex- <laughs> spoilers for Power Rangers circa 1993 <laughs> where like where like the gang is hanging out at the juice bar and they're doing their thing and, <laughs> and they're talking with Tommy the Green Ranger or now he's, the- now he's the White Ranger but they do make reference to the times back when he was a Green Ranger and when he was evil. How's that for continuity? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm it's down like, with the Power Rangers. It's like how like every like early episode they would be like they would be at the juice bar or whatever it was called, and they would be at they would like joke around with the fat guy who's behind the counter, <laughs> and the like the bullies would show up and do something weird and pick on somebody and some. And then they would go off and fight the bad guys, and then they would come back, and everybody would learn a life lesson, and somebody would get hit with the pie, and and it would just repeat the next time around. And if it would feel like progression, because you saw this happen enough times in enough different ways. So I was talking about the continuity of Power Rangers, and you were talking about the accessibility of Power Rangers. Yeah, which, I don't know, do you think the two have to be different? I think by making something that <clears throat> involves a sense of continuity as well as incorporates a sense of accessibility, then that right there is, in my eyes, a very successful comic. And now, do you think Green Lantern does that? I would say that with Green Lantern by Johns, absolutely. Like, 100%, especially with the Secret Origin storyline, which, you know, ties into continuity, like, incredibly well. (laughs) And even with Green Lantern Core. Mm -hmm. They they do a really good job with that. I I don't know if I paid that close attention with that book to notice every little thing here and there as far as continuity wise. <laughs> but it does mm-hmm. a you know a suitable job for me to enjoy the book. So the real question is, how awesome would it be for Jeff Johns to write a season of Power Rangers <laughs> where Spider Man makes a guest appearance and, and the wh- having a race with the Flash. <laughs> And the White Ranger has to beat the Black Lanterns, and <laughs> will, will the White Ranger be Kyle or Hal? Or yeah, have fun, have fun writing the, the description of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is not going to be a fun one. No, no, not not by a long shot. All right. Oh. Um. <laughs> yeah. So I oh, guess. Oh, oh. Before we go. Before we go. Okay. I am actually going to award a prize to somebody else. And Dan has absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. I'm kind of thinking you just want to give yourself something. No, 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 no. Not uh, not for me at all. Um, in uh, If you look on the forum, the episode 8 thread, uh, if you scroll on down, um, one of our posters... Menno, he uh, he made yep. a post letting us know that the download to the website was broken. Like you couldn't actually download the episode off of lanterncast.com. Yeah, I saw that. You fixed it though, right? Yeah, yeah, I fixed it. But I completely did not see that at all. 
And if nobody told me, then people would just keep on coming to the website and not be able to download the episode. So I greatly appreciate that. And in recognition for helping us out, like I know people have helped us out in the past, but I'm starting it up now. Um, Menno, all he has to do is email us or you know send a PM to one of us, uh, his address, and I will be sending him a Justice League Unlimited figure of Kyle Rayner. Wow. How many of those do you have lying around? (laughs) I actually have two. Are these still in the box? Yes, these are mint condition in the box. It is a a Green Lantern figure. It really could be any Green Lantern figure, but this, they call it Kyle Rayner. It's a cool one. This is just out, you know, my way of saying thanks. And... You know, if if stuff like this happens again, a, a listener really helps us out on the technical aspect of this uh, podcast. Then, uh, if if I deem it worthy, then I will be giving out a prize for it. Well, this really is is you moved and you have smaller space. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's definitely part of it. Yes, no, I, I can't disagree <laughs> with that. But also, we have been for some <clears throat> reason kind of kicked off iTunes but we're still listed, so we can't get relisted, and it's just causing major problems. So if anybody has any suggestions that actually work on how to get us back onto iTunes, because we've, like, changed the feed name and resubmitted that, it's just, like, endless issues that are keeping us from getting relisted. If anybody has any suggestions that will end up working, uh, you will get a prize. So just uh, keep that in mind, and uh, Menno, give us your, your mailing address, and we will send that off to you, assuming that you want it. I thought you were going to have, like, another contest or something going. Well, it's wow. a mini contest to get us back on iTunes. Yeah. Hey, you I mean, know we I should be realized? sending... You know what I just realized? What? We what? haven't been recording at all. Are you serious? The entire night. Are you serious? No. <laughs> I'm not serious. <laughs> Why would you even say that? <laughs> How funny would that be? <laughs> Over an hour's worth of recording, just gone. Oh, we'd lose out on all this gold. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If anyone would like to replace Jim as my co-host, <laughs> send me a PM and I'll send you all of his toys and it'll be awesome. <laughs> After these contests start to, like, play out, we're going to have to, like, not do any again for, like, a year. We're, like, overloading contests. We're going to have, like, a million contests going on at every time. (laughs) And they'll just be, like, impossible tasks. So the contest will just keep on accumulating. Bring us a vial of Howard Chaikin's urine. What? Why would you even want that? I wouldn't. To Dan. Send that Dan. Jim's phone number is nine. Where the hell is my phone? You're lucky. Yes. You're lucky. My phone number is nine. <laughs> now go online and use that to find his address. My address is four. Wow. You know, and, and it just gets funnier when we think back to the beginning of this episode <clears throat> when you mentioned how it's going to be a short episode. Because you told me, hey, I have an idea for a short episode. Yes, and you just keep on talking. Well, good thing it's not really recording then, now, isn't it? 
I'm blaming this entirely on you. So uh, just a heads up for, uh, I think, maybe the next episode or the episode after. We may be able to have a guest on the Lantern cast. Don't say who. I won't say who. Uh, People are going to be so disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) I know one person that won't be disappointed. Is it me? No, it's the person that we're going to have on. Oh, so I'm still going to be disappointed, though. Mm, I can't say for certain. All right. <laughs> so that that's just wanted to tease that a little. Does this person know that they're going to be on yet? Yes. Yes. We actually have a couple of people that we've talked to about getting on as guests. And, oh, cool. Uh, I'm sure it'll go just as smooth as the recording of every other cast we do. I'm going to, like... I'm going to come up with, like, actual topics, and I'm going to write stuff down, and it'll be professional and awesome. And it will be a four-hour episode. (laughs) Well, yeah, you know. Because that's what happens when we write things down. Yeah. Well, I'll write stuff down. You don't write anything down. That works. All right. Okay. So, (laughs) if you want to, uh... How do we end this? (laughs) Um, yeah, email lanterncast at gmail.com. Our website is lanterncast.com. Um, you can go to our forum at thecomicforums.com. Scroll down to Lanterncast. It's alphabetical. Uh, if you don't remember the alphabet, email your your grade school teacher. Um, and we're kind of on iTunes a little, so you know, check that out. Yeah, not really, though. <laughs> go re-listen to episode zero. <laughs> Actually, no, it doesn't work anymore. That doesn't work oh, anymore. Son of, son of a bitch. Oh. Yeah. No, we don't have a listing anymore. Can we, like, change the name of the show and just resubmit fresh? We may, we may have to, actually. That that may be the only way. Oh, all right. Anyway, uh, I am Jim Ford, Chowanada on the message boards. I'm Dan Kersey. I go by Gland. And we will talk to you next time. Night, everybody. So long.